We're going to spend time in the reading of the word. And I pray that this will be an encouragement to you. Uh, for many of you, the book of Revelation is one of those books that you've skipped all too often. And um, it's it's a book that a lot of people just find very, very confusing and sometimes terrifying. Like you'll read it and it almost scares you when you read it. But then when you understand how to read Revelation and the context to read Revelation, you'll begin to see that Revelation, like all prophetic books, were meant to edify you, uh, were meant to give you hope, um, were meant to encourage you and to also convict you as well. Um, and so this is a convicting book, but it is an encouraging book. And so I'm really excited. I'm really excited to dig in and, and to get into the reading of scripture as we read, as, I, as I've said, and I'll say it again, just for those who are who are new to this. We read from a prayerful posture. I'm going to read and then I'm going to pray this. And as I'm praying, I'm going to be reflecting on this throughout the entire time that we read together. I'm reflecting on what is God saying or revealing concerning himself? What is God saying or revealing concerning people? What is God saying or revealing concerning me? For you, you'll be reading it for yourself. So you're going to ask, what is God saying or revealing concerning you? That is what we do. This is how we actively engage with the scripture to hear from God about what he has to say to us today. And so after I'm done, I'll just share some reflection. I call it a rant. That's why this is called a read and rant. So I'll rant afterwards. Um, I'll, I'll rant about whatever it is that the Lord is leading me to. So I have nothing planned. I've got uh, nothing intended, simply just to spend time to soak in the word and to uh, just just enjoy our time in the word. And so that's that's what we're here to do. That's what we're here to engage in. So with that being said, uh, I'm going to open up with prayer. And then afterwards, we're going to uh, get right into it. Amen. Let's do it. Um, Father, we thank you. We thank you for the incredible privilege that you've given us to come before you, uh, to hear from you, uh, to hear and to read your word. Father, there are those of us who are on the road in traffic and we're just listening in, um, Lord, to be encouraged by the reading of your word. There are those of us who are sitting um, on our couches with our Bibles open, Lord, listening and reading along. And yet what a powerful endeavor it is that we from all different places all around the world are coming together right now to read your word. We pray, Lord, that you would bless us, Lord, in this time. Encourage us in this time. Convict us in this time. Speak to us in this time. Lord, that we would be renewed and restored in you, conformed to your image. And we declare that in Jesus' name. Amen. We are in Jesus' name. If you want to know what that means, check out the sermon from last week. It's on the Homily podcast, and it's also on um, the Font TV. If you want to watch uh, uh, that particular sermon. Um, so, with that being said, let's get right to it. Revelation chapter four, and I'm going to read verse one, and we're going to hear from God about what. God has to say to us today. Verse one, after these things, I looked and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice, which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me saying, come up here and I will show you things which must, which, which must take place after this. Immediately I was in the spirit and behold, a throne set in heaven and one sat on the throne. And he who sat there was like 
a jasper and sardius stone in appearance, and there was a rainbow around the throne in appearance like an emerald. Around the throne were twenty-four thrones, and on the thrones I saw twenty-four elders sitting clothed in white robes, and they had crowns of gold on their head, and from the, from the throne proceeded lightnings, thunderings, and voices. Seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Before the throne there was a sea of glass like crystal, and in the midst of the throne and around the throne were four living creatures full of eyes in front and in back. The first living creature was like a lion, the second living creature was like a calf, the third living creature had a face like a man, and the fourth living creature was a flying eagle. The four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within. And they do not set rest day or night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sit on the throne who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, You are worthy, O Lord to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by you will they exist and were created. And I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne, a scroll written inside and on the back sealed with seven seals. Then I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice who is worthy to open the scroll and to loose its seals. And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look at it. So I wept much because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll or to look at it. But one of the elders said to me, do not weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals. And I looked, and behold, in the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb, as though it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. Then he came and took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. Now when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the lamb, each having a harp. (laughs) and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scrolls and to open its seals for you were slain. You have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation and have made us king and priest to our God and we shall reign on the earth. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders and the number of them were was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them, I heard saying, blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. Then the four living creatures said, Amen. And the twenty-four elders fell down and worshipped him who lives 
forever. Hmm. Now I saw when the lamb opened one of the seals and I heard one of the four living creatures saying with a loud voice like thunder, come and see. And I looked and behold, a white horse who sat on it had a bow and a crown was given to him and he went out conquering and to conquer. Verse three, when he opened the second seal, I heard a second living creature saying, come and see another horse, fiery red went out and was granted to the one who sat on, on it to take peace from the earth and that people should kill one another. And there was given to him a great sword. When he opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, come and see. So I looked and behold, a black horse and he who sat on it had a pair of scales in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying, a quart of wheat for a denarius and three quarts of barley for a denarius and do not harm the oil and the wine. Hmm. When he opened the fourth seal, I heard a voice of the fourth living creature saying, come and see. So I looked and behold a pale horse and the name of him who sat on it was death and Hades followed with him and power was given to them over the fourth of the earth to kill with sword, with hunger, with death, and by the beasts of the earth. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? Then a white robe was given to each of them, and it was said to them that they should rest a little while longer until both the number of their fellow servants and the brethren who would be killed as they were, was completed. I looked, he opened the sixth seal and behold, there was a great earthquake and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair and the moon became like blood and the stars of heaven fell to the earth and the fig tree dropped its late figs when it was shaken like by a mighty wind. And when the sky receded as a scroll, when it was rolled up and every mountain and island was moved out of its place and the kings of the earth, the great men, the rich men, the commanders, the mighty men, every slave and every free man hid themselves in the caves and in the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and rocks fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the lamb for the great day of his wrath has come and who is able to stand. Hmm. And after these things, I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, on the sea or on any tree. Then I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was granted to harm the earth and the sea saying, do not harm the earth, the sea or the trees till we have sealed the servants of our God on their foreheads. And I heard the number of those who were sealed 144,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel were sealed of the tribe of Judah. 12,000 were sealed of the tribe of Reuben. 12,000 were sealed of the tribe of Gad. 12,000 were sealed of the tribe of Asher, 12,000 were sealed. 
Of the tribe of Naphtali, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Manasseh, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Simeon, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Levi, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Issachar, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Zebulon, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Joseph, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Benjamin, 12,000 were sealed. After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude which no one could number of all nations, tribes, and peoples, and tongues standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Hmm. All the angels stood around the throne and the elders and the four living creatures and fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders answered, saying to me, Who are these arrayed in white robes? Where did they come from? And I said to him, Sir, you know. And so he said to me, these are the ones who come out of the great tribulation and washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and served him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will dwell among them. They shall neither hunger anymore nor thirst anymore. The sun shall not strike them nor any heat for the lamb who is in the midst of the throne will shepherd them and lead them to living fountains of water and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Hmm. When he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. And I saw the seven angels who stand before God and to them were given seven trumpets. Then another angel having a golden censer, came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints ascended before God from the angel's hand. Then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar, and threw it to the earth. And there were noises, thunderings, lightnings, and an earthquake. So the seven angels, who had the seven trumpets, prepared themselves to sound. The first angel sounded, and hail and fire followed, mingled with blood, and they were thrown to the earth. And a third of the trees were burned up, and all tree and grass were burned up. Then the second angel sounded, and something like a great mountain burning with fire was thrown into the sea, and a third of the sea became blood. And a third of the living creatures in the sea died, and a third of the ships were destroyed. Then the third angel sounded, a great star fell from heaven, burning like a torch, and it fell on the third of the rivers and and on the springs of water. The name of the star is Wormwood. A third of the waters became wormwood. And many men died from the water because it was made bitter. Then the fourth angel sounded and the third of the sun was struck. 
and a third of the moon and a third of the stars so that a third of them were darkened. A third of the day did not shine and likewise the night. And I looked and I heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven saying with a loud voice, woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth because of the remaining blasts of the trumpets of the three angels who are about to sound. Then the fifth angel sounded and I saw a star fallen from heaven to the earth. To him was given the key to the bottomless pit. And he opened the bottomless pit and smoke arose out of the pit like the smoke of a great furnace. So the sun and the air were darkened because of the smoke of the pit. Then out of the smoke, locusts came upon the earth and to them was given power as the scorpions of the earth have power. They were commanded not to harm the grass of the earth or any green thing or any tree, but only those men who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads. And they were not worthy, sorry, and they were not given authority to kill them, but to torment them for five months. Their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it strikes a man. In those days, men will seek death and will not find it. They will desire to die and death will flee from them. The shape of the locust was like horses prepared for battle. On their heads were crowns of something like gold. And their faces were like the faces of men. They had hair like women's hair and their teeth were like lion's teeth. And they had breastplates like breastplates of iron. And the sound of their wings was like the sound of chariots with many horses running into battle. They had tails like scorpions and there were stings in their tails. Their power was hurt, was to hurt men five months. And they had a king over them, the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in Hebrew is Abaddon. But in Greek, he has the name Apollyon. Woe, one woe is past, sorry. Behold, still two more woes are coming after these things. Verse 13, then the sixth angel sounded and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden star, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. Hmm. The four angels who had been prepared for the hour and day and month and year were released to kill a third of mankind. Now the number of the army of horsemen was about 200 million. I heard the number of them. And thus I saw the horses in the vision. Those who sat on them had breastplates of fiery red, hyacinth blue, and sulfur yellow, and the heads of the horses were like the heads of lions, and out of their mouths came fire, smoke, and brimstone. By these three plagues, a third of mankind was killed. By the fire and the smoke and the brimstone which came out of their mouths, for their power is in their mouth and in their tails. For their tails are like serpents, having heads with them they do harm. But the rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of the works of their hands, that they should not worship demons and, and idols of gold, silver, brass, stone, and wood, which can neither see nor hear nor walk. And they did not repent of their murders or their sorceries or their sexual immorality or 
their thefts. I'll read this Revelation 10 and we'll close here. I saw still another mighty angel coming down from heaven, clothed with a cloud, and a rainbow was on his head. His face was like the sun and his feet like pillars of fire. And he had a little book open in his hand and he set his right foot on the sea and his left foot on the land and cried with a loud voice as when a lion roars. When he cried out, seven thunders uttered their voices. Now when the seven thunders uttered their voices, I was about to write, but I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, seal up the things which the seven thunders uttered and do not write them. The angel whom I saw standing on the sea and on the land raised up his hand to heaven and swore by him who lives forever and ever, who created heaven and earth that are in it, the earth and the things that are in it, the sea and the things that are in it, that there should be delayed no longer. But in the days of the sounding of the seventh angel, when he is about to sound the mystery of God would be finished as he declared to his servants and the prophets. Then the voice, which I heard from heaven, spoke to me again, saying, Go take the little book, which is open on the hand of the angel who stands on the sea on the earth. So I went to the angel and said to him, Give me the little book. And he said to me, Take and eat it, and it will make your stomach bitter, but it will be as sweet as honey in your mouth. Then I took the little book out of the angel's hands and ate it. And it was as sweet as honey in my mouth. But when I had eaten it, my stomach became bitter. And he said to me, you must prophesy again about many peoples, nations, tongues, and kings. We're going to stop right here. It's precisely uh, 8.30. And so I want to I want to stop right there. Tomorrow we will continue uh, with Revelation 11. Um, as I had mentioned to you before, this is a meditational reading. So good to see you, Starlight. So glad you're here. This is a meditational reading and not a Bible study. And I know you guys were here on Friday and I gave a, a pretty long, I wouldn't say long, but a little bit of a discourse from a Bible study perspective about the book of Revelation because I felt it necessary, at least especially for the book of Revelation, to help you understand how to read Revelation for your edification. And so I had to kind of present it that way. And so, um, and, I, and I pray that that was a blessing to you guys and that was helpful to you. And if you missed it at all, you can catch it uh, on the font everywhere in our Facebook group. So we have a Facebook group. It's called the font everywhere, the font everywhere, where you can catch the reading rants. It's also a community. It's a private community right now because we haven't launched it yet. Um, we're planning on soft launching, meaning publicly announcing it Easter Sunday. Uh, and eventually publicly launching it like a complete full out launch by the end of this year. But it's been incredible what the Lord's been doing through that because now I just see just, just fruitful community happening there 
where you guys, I've only said it to you guys on TikTok and just word of mouth, people sharing it with each other. Um, now I believe we're at over 600. We have about 630 people now that are part of that group, uh, which is cool. It's incredible to see that a community is forming there where people are praying for each other, encouraging each other, um, sending prayer requests, sending testimonies. Um, very cool stuff. And that's what the, that's what the fun everywhere is for. It's for us to be community, especially for those of you who ask for prayer requests and you send them to me on on TikTok, on private message. It's almost impossible for me to keep up with them. I'll be honest with you. Um, I get so many messages. But what I love is, is that we have a community of people who are in our Facebook group who are praying for each other. We have intercessors there who are praying for you. And it's incredible hearing the, the beautiful stories. I'm already hearing stories of what God is doing. Uh, through this fruitful endeavor of us just being community together. So that's really cool that that's happening. Thank you. I, I received that. I received that, um, Kennedy. I received that. Um, and so uh, if you ever miss a read and rant, you can catch it. We did a, an extensive sort of uh, primer. I'll call it a primer of revelation so that people can read it properly. Because... I believe that Revelation is one of the most misunderstood books. Um, Revelation is a book that um, many people find intimidating. They find confusing. They find scary. <laughs> um, I remember the first time I read Revelation, I was like, what is going on here? Like, this is nuts. Um, and so people just find it because they see all the imagery. They're seeing these animals with these creatures, these spiritual creatures, all these eyes. It's like, is John in a trance? Is he having a dream? Is he like, what's happening here? And, and so for a lot of people, they don't understand it. And then they see like this tribulation. And, and then there's this waiting of a tribulation that's about to happen. And people are, it kind of freaks you out because you're like, man, this doesn't look good. Like, this is pretty tough. This seems hard. It seems difficult. And so... Uh, we tend to avoid the book of Revelation. Um, the font everywhere. Uh, Cindy. It's there. If you scroll through, maybe in the group, just just search read and rant and you should be able to find them. Their Facebook lives. They're all there. Um, and also today I'm releasing uh, when we first started recording them because I didn't record them before. But we're also releasing every other day. So Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we're going to be releasing the rants that we've done over the past month and a half or so, or past two months. Um, two months ago, we started recording and we started at Ephesians. And we actually, our first episode is up right now. Um, um, if you want to link to the podcast for that episode, just go to, uh, if you follow my IG, uh, my IG is Opus Frere, O P U S. F-R-E-R-E -E, and um, and click on the link in the bio and the link in the bio, you'll see the read and rant podcast. So I've turned this into a podcast now because so many people have been blessed by it and said, hey, yo, I, I, I need I need I need more of this and I need it in every format. And so I was like, OK, cool. I'll discipline myself to actually record them and edit them and post them. And that's what I've done. And so you're going to see the edited versions. And so it was released today, March the 1st, which is, um, you know, it's a, it's a faith move. I just said, you know what? Let me just put them all out just like that. And so you guys, uh, I pray that's a blessing to you. So I think uh, the first one is Ephesians. So I, we've posted Ephesians and we're just going to journey through that. So every Monday, Wednesday and Friday, check out the Read and Rant podcast. Now, 
um, if you want to get it on in real time format, definitely go to the font everywhere. Um, and we have a community there. Okay. The font everywhere. As soon as this one's over, it, it gets posted on the font everywhere, um, right away. So you can catch up with it there. So I, I, I want to, <clears throat> let me preface this. Because I know I'm not given a lot of time. As you guys know, I teach on Mondays and Wednesdays. And so I'm not afforded a lot of time. I know tomorrow I'll have more liberality to spend with you guys. And I've really been having this this itch and this yearning to just spend time in prayer with y'all. So I'm going to be doing that um, tomorrow. I, I just need to carve out the time to just spend some extra extended time in prayer with you guys. Um, so uh, I encourage you to be there for that. Um. But now let's back up here for a second. We read Revelation. And for many people, they read Revelation and they read Revelation. Like it's a book that's speaking about what is to come. We read it as if it's something that hasn't transpired yet or something that hasn't occurred. Which is which is the improper way of reading Revelation. Revelation is not about what is going to happen. Revelation is primarily about what has already happened in light of how things are going to end. So a lot of times when people read Revelation, they read Revelation and you'll have these end times prophets or these end times preachers who preach the end times or preach revelation and they preach it with the wrong perspective. They preach revelation as if these things haven't transpired yet. And so sometimes it's, I call it the salvation method or the evangelistic method of fear mongering. It's the type of evangelization that scares people into coming to faith in Jesus. Now, I'm not going to have enough time to break all of this down. So if you want to go back and check out uh, the, the previous reading rant. But if I were to take everything that I've said, God bless you, Daniel, man, I'm going to keep you in prayer, brother. Man, God bless you, man. Um, I, I read this text and I'm not reading this text as if it's something that is about to happen, but I read this text in light of something that is already happening, that is happening in light of what is to happen. What this book does is, is what it's teaching us, what it's teaching me is how to see today with tomorrow in mind. There it is. Thank you, God, for that. What Revelations is really teaching you at the core, if you leave with anything today, is it's teaching you how to see today 
with tomorrow in mind. We read Revelation as if it's something that has not already happened or is happening. When John writes Revelation, he's writing Revelation within the context of what the people he's writing to are experiencing in that moment. The tribulation that he was talking about. That tribulation is within the context of what they were going to experience. When he's talking about the tribulation, he's not talking about us. <laughs> he's talking about them. And he was telling them that there was a tribulation coming and a tribulation did come. Emperor Nero, the killing of Christians, the persecution of Christians. All the stuff that was prophesied happened. And so what he's doing is, is he's writing this letter to them about what is about to happen, which now we've learned in history has happened. And he's, and he's teaching them and giving them hope to persevere in that moment for what is about to happen. Remember, Peter warns about that. Yo, you never see me hatless. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Look at that. It's all shiny there. It's all shiny up there. Yeah. Where's my hat? Oh, I got my hat right there. Um, yeah. There you go. Now you see me. <laughs> um, and so we read Revelation and we're like, oh, my gosh, all these things are about to happen. And we got to be vigilant, guys. Be mindful. Be mindful, guys. Be mindful. Be aware. Huh, because these things are about to happen. Be mindful. Anybody who preaches that doesn't understand Revelation. They don't. Because Revelation is speaking about things that have already transpired. That has not yet transpired for the people he was writing it to. But have now already transpired. And so when he's writing to these people. He's giving them a word of hope. Now, here's the question. Why does he use all this weird imagery? Why is he using all this weird symbolism? Because as I told you before, and I'm going to get to what I want to share today. But as I told you before, he has to write this book in code. Because this letter, there was already persecution. And as Peter had already emphasized that the persecution was going to, it, it was, it was going to magnify. Peter was already telling the Christians in first and second Peter that it's going to get worse, but persevere. And so now it is getting worse. It's beginning to get worse. It is transpiring. Nero has already sent the decree. And now John is hiding in Patmos. He's hiding in Patmos and now he gets this revelation, the revelation of Jesus Christ. And now he needs to write this letter to the churches in Asia Minor who are about to experience a tribulation that they have not experienced before. A persecution that they would, that they would not experience before. And he's telling them 
and he's speaking to them. And he knows if he writes this letter, he has to write it in code. Because if anybody else sees it and they understand it clearly, it may prohibit the distribution of the message. John is preaching the gospel in Revelation, but he's preaching the gospel in code. And the code that he's preaching the gospel in is a prophetic code. That's why John opens the letter again. This is just a reminder because I want to get to what I wanted to say. He says from the beginning, the revelation, first verse, revelation one, verse one, which God gave to him to show his servants, the things which must shortly take place shortly. He's coming soon, the coming soon and sent and signified it by his angel, his servant, John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy, keep those things which are written in it for the time is near. What he's saying there, look at the key word is prophecy. John is saying that this is a prophecy which the Hebrew people would understand right away that this is a code. It's a code written in the prophetic books. It's a prophetic code. To unlock this code, you have to know the prophets. The Gentiles didn't know the prophets. The the Roman Empire didn't know the prophets. They didn't know the letters of Zechariah. They didn't know the letters of Daniel. They didn't know Micah. They didn't know Hosea. They didn't know uh, Psalms. They didn't know Genesis. They didn't know all these prophetic books. They didn't know them. So, So they wouldn't be able to understand what John is actually writing in Revelation. Because what John is doing, exactly, but the Israelites did. The Israelites knew those books. Matter of fact, if anybody knows the context, is by the time a boy was 15, he had the first five books of the Old Testament memorized. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy memorized. These people knew the scriptures intently. They would iterate them over and over again. So they knew the images. And they knew what those images represented because, because again, the Hebrew language is a, is a, is a symbolic language. It's, it's an, it's a, it's a language of pictures and those pictures are always attached to things and ideas. Correct. They would recite them over and over and over again. So these people knew. So when he spoke of the scroll that we read here in the text and he speaks of the seven seals, They knew, they knew what he meant. Did you hear that? When they hear of these images and, and the, the the 24 elders and the, 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 the spiritual creatures with the multiple eyes and what they knew what that meant. (laughs) They knew because they knew the prophetic code. All I'm saying before I get to my final word and then we'll close with prayer. All I'm saying is this. You can't know and understand fully the book of Revelation 
unless you understand the Old Testament. And what John is doing is John is pulling all the prophetic images using the prophetic code and bringing them into the light of the moment for two reasons. First, to code the text so nobody can understand it. And secondly, to affirm to the Israelites that this thing has been fulfilled. It has been fulfilled by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. He's, I, I know I can't, maybe, you know, maybe we'll do a, a, a Bible study on this. Maybe I'll, maybe we do just a Bible study on revelation where we actually just decode it. I'll call it decoding revelation where we actually break down every image and every symbol and go back to what verse and what scripture in the old Testament is pointing to so that you understand what he's saying. But these things, while they seem so mystical and this future thing that's coming is actually a present thing. It's a present thing that's happening to them. But it's in light of what is going to happen. And this thing that's going to happen is better than what is happening now and far supersedes what is going to happen today. Oh, wow. Everybody wants me to do that Bible study. Um, I think I just set myself up. Um, I'm, you know, what, you know, what, I'll block out some time, maybe uh, sometime before the end of this month, before we have our baby. Because um, the wife is really, really pregnant. And by next month, we probably won't have much time. Um, so maybe what I'll do is I'll try to sneak it in before the baby. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll sneak it in and I'll, I'll put together a whole set of notes and maybe I'll even post a PDF. I'll put some notes together maybe because I've never put notes together on this. Um, I'll put some notes together and uh, and maybe post it on the font, the font everywhere on Facebook. So that way you guys can get a full breakdown. Maybe I'll do that. Oh, wow. I'm setting myself up right now. Maybe during my, my Sabbath week when I'm resting, because it's such a cool exercise to do, is to actually break down every image and what scripture it's pointing to because they knew and they would know. Yes, thank you so much. My wife's here. Where are you, Va? Where's my wife? She's here. To teach their own, she's here. She's really pregnant, and she's she's carrying this baby so beautifully. She is really pregnant. <laughs> she is really, really, really pregnant, and she's carrying the baby so beautifully. That's my, that's my, that's my boo. That's my love right there. Um, and yeah, yeah, so, uh, here it comes. <laughs> um, yeah. So the seven seals, the seven trumpets, the seven bowls, um, the, the, the creatures and the elders worshiping God and crying out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty who was and is and is to come. The scroll with the seven seals. This is not a new thing. They knew exactly what he meant because the scroll of the seven seals points back to the book of, uh, of Zechariah. And they knew what each one of those seals represented. They knew it because he then explains those seals. He's walking them down a story. And then before the seventh seal is broken, seven trumpets are sounded. And before the seventh trumpet is sounded, the seven bowls. So there's this interlayered history of things that are happening. What he's doing is he's giving uh, uh, 
uh, different perspectives of what Jesus has already accomplished. <laughs> but that's not what I came here to say to you. I'm just giving you insight here that revelation is not about the end times as many prophets and preachers like to tell you. Repent now because the tribulation is coming. No, the tribulation has come. It came already. <laughs> the tribulation that he's speaking about here has come. It came already. It has transpired. It all has happened. It's just written in a code that you cannot understand unless you read the Old Testament. And yet in light of what they were going through and the fact that what they were going through is was going to get worse. John paints this amazing, beautiful story of what they can aspire to when all of this is over. Ah, the, the new heaven, the new earth, the new creation. Ah, the, 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 the reconciling of heaven and earth, the marriage, the marriage ceremony, the supper of the spiritual and the physical, the new Eden, this new reality that we will get to experience the fruition of the kingdom of God. We can aspire to that. That's what he's telling them. He's telling them, even with what you're going through right now, uh, what you're, what you'll get on the other side is better, is greater than what you're going through right now. The book of revelation is a book. Just, I'm say this one thing and then I'll give my closing thought. The book of revelation, what it's, teaching what it should teach you what it should teach all of us it should teach us how to persevere today because if we can see today in light of tomorrow we will have strength to make it through today if you can see today with tomorrow in mind not waiting for tomorrow but actively engaging today with tomorrow in mind, you will have the strength to make it through whatever you're going through today. And that's what he's teaching. You're going to see it all through this book. The story that he's weaving is guys, I know what you're going through and I know it's going to get worse. And I know, but guys, this is how it's going to end. That's what revelation is about. And what I love in this text, I want to just point out two things. Okay. And then this is my closing thought. I'm sorry if I took some time to get there, but this is my, I'm going to give you my closing thought because this is why we read revelation wrong. If you go to revelation, uh, four and he sees the scroll at the right hand of God, no revelation five, the scroll at the right hand of God, he said, look, behold, in the midst of the throne and four living creatures, in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as though it had been slain with seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. 
Then he came and took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. Watch this now. He says, I looked. In verse 6, Revelation 5, verse 6, he said, I looked and behold, in the midst of the throne stood a lamb. But in Revelations chapter 4, when he was at the throne, look what he says. Remember, seven is woven, I mean, seven is woven all through the scripture. In Revelations 4, he's at the throne and they're worshiping and 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 he says, immediately I was in the spirit and behold, a throne was set in heaven and one sat on the throne and he who sat there was like a jasper and sardius stone in appearance. And there was a rainbow around the throne in appearance like an emerald, an emerald. And around the throne, he's talking about a king. Watch this now. He's talking about a king. And he sat there. And he sees all these images, the creature having a face. And there were living creatures in verse nine um, who give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever. The 24 elders fell down before him who sits on the throne and they worshiped him and they worshiped him. And then notice what notice, notice here. I want, I want, I want to make sure you catch this because I have another point to make on that. He said, and the first voice which came, which I heard was like a trumpet speaking to me. Come here and I will show you the things that must take place after this. Pay attention. Pay really close attention. This is a big deal. He hears the voice that says that there in heaven sits a king on a throne. He hears a king. And when you think of a king, you think of a ruler who rules, who exercises his justice, who, who runs the show. That's what you hear, right? That's what you hear. Stay with me, fam, because this is a big deal. You hear and in hearing, you get this imagination of a king. I hear this king who sits on the throne and the angels and the elders and, and these spiritual beings are all worshiping around him on the throne, singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty. Watch, I hear these things are happening. But then in, in Revelations chapter five, he says, and I saw something else happening. He heard a king but he saw a bleeding lamb. Which one is it? <laughs> he heard a king who was sitting on the throne that the 24 elders were around and the four creatures and the living creature, they're all worshiping. But then he sees a bloody lamb What he heard wasn't what he saw. Stay with me, family. What he heard is not what he saw. He heard a king who rules with justice, 
but he sees a lamb who is slain. Which one is he? Is he a king that rules or is he a lamb that is slain? He, he, he sees the lion of Judah, right? But he sees the lamb that is slain. Ah, I'm sorry. I'm going to get a little deep here. I usually don't get here, but I'm going to get here. He is the lion of Judah. And he is the lamb that was slain. He is who he is based on whether you're hearing him or you're seeing him. He's the lion of Judah when you hear it. Ah, but he is the lamb that was slain when you see it. Ah, his authority, his justice, his conquest, his power was not in him telling people what to do in his rule as we would think of it because that's what we hear but his rule his kingdom was established in his sacrifice the seven the seven seals, the scroll, they understood what the scroll was. The scroll was the prophecies of the coming kingdom of God. And yet the scroll could not be opened until the lamb came and opened it. And the lamb opened it by his sacrifice on the cross. This lamb bled to open the scroll. Oh man. I, I, I think sometimes we miss this because we think that the justice of God is instituted by God exercising vengeance, but God's justice and God's kingdom came by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. Oh, oh, he rules by his sacrifice. Ah, ah, I, I hear a king. but I see a lamb and what I see doesn't, doesn't exactly match what I hear. Unless I need to align what I hear with what I see. You see, they understood the profundity of what John was saying here, that John was saying that you may hear of this king, but you need to see that his justice was exercised by his sacrifice on the cross. See, he's giving insight now into how we rule. We don't rule by authority. We don't rule by governments. We don't rule. The kingdom of God is not the rule that we see. It's not, it's not let's lobby with Washington, D.C. It's not let's lobby with the government. That's not how he ruled. He ruled by service and sacrifice. That was the rule. And John now is beginning to show us how they overcome because he said that there would be those who overcome. They didn't overcome with money, with dollars, with power, with influence. They overcame with sacrifice. Whoo. 
What you see is not what you hear, and yet what you hear needs to align with what you see. And what and what John is doing now is he's aligning what he has heard with what he's seen, because when he heard of the king, the seed of David, the Lion of Judah, he saw a ruler sitting on a throne. But then when he opened his eyes in the vision, the elders were, were still there worshiping. The angels were still there worshiping. They were all still there. The only thing is when he opened his eyes, what he saw on the throne didn't look like what he expected. He saw a lamb bleeding. Ah. There's another favorite part of this text. Oh my gosh, it's 905. I could do this all day. I, I let, let me let me let me get to this. Let me get to this. You know, there's the uh uh the what do I call them? These 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 millennialists and ah it's it's weird. It's weird. It's weird um how they'll read this and they won't see what John is saying here. In Revelations chapter seven, when it talks about the 144,000, I've heard people go, so wait, so the only 144,000, the 144,000, only 144,000 people will go to heaven? Because he says here, he's putting a seal on the 144,000. <laughs> this 144,000, he's put the seal on them and that he's only chosen them. So only 144,000 go to heaven. You heard that, right? <laughs> um, or which one of the 144,000 get to go to heaven? I've heard that. That's horrible theology. It's backwards. They obviously are not reading what the scripture is saying. They're not reading John the way they should read John. Because John has another vision. And in this vision, look what he says in Revelation 7, verse 1. He talks about the 12,000 of the tribe of Judah, the 12,000 of Reuben, the 12,000 of Gad, the 12,000 of Ashtar, the 12,000 of Naphtali, the 12,000. So he goes through all the 12 tribes. But watch this. Look at verse 4, though. He said, and I heard the number of those who were sealed. Oh, my goodness. He didn't see them. He heard them. And when he heard the number of those who were sealed, he knew what 144,000 of all the tribes of Israel meant. You have to go back to Exodus and go back to numbers to know what they meant. He knew that they were talking about an army. The children of Israel would know this. The children of Israel, the Hebrews would know that the moment he said, I heard a number of those who were sealed, 144,000 of all the tribes of Judah, they knew the Torah and they knew that he was talking about an army because the only time that they saw 144,000 with 12 tribes of 12,000 were the 12,000 that were chosen for each tribe who would be um, summoned to the army. It was a draft for their army. So they knew he was speaking about an army. <laughs> and what he heard was, this was the army that would come from the tribe of Is from Israel, the children of Israel. But look what he says. After he describes the 12,000 of each, look at the next verse. 
And after these things, I looked and behold, a great multitude, which no one could number of all nations and tongues were standing before the throne and before the lamb clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice saying, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the lamb. Whoa. He heard 144,000 and thought about the army of 144,000 that would come from the 12 tribes of Israel. But what he heard didn't align with what he saw because what he saw was a number of people that he could not count who came from all nations, all tribes, all people, all tongues, What he's saying here is he's saying, I used to think that it was just the children of Israel. But now I'm seeing that it's all people of all nations and all tribes. It's not the 144,000. That's what I heard. But what I see is a number of people that I can't even count who represent all ethnicities and all cultures and all languages. He's saying heaven's not going to be 144,000 people. The army of God also won't be the 144,000 Hebrews. It won't be just the Hebrews who were chosen. It's going to be people of all nations and all tongues and all tribes that we cannot count. It's going to be black people and white people and brown people and olive people. It's going to be Caribbean people. It's going to be American people. It's going to be Mexican people. It's going to be English people. It's going to be French. It's going to be the people from the Middle East. It's going to be people in West Asia and East Asia. It's going to be people in China. It's going to be people in India. It's going to be people from all around the world. He's saying that it's not just 144,000. That's what I heard. But what I see is an innumerable amount of people from all around the world. And who stands in the front of this army? It's not the king that I had seen before. It's now this lamb who's bleeding, who stands before them as the the, the the general of this army, who stands before them now, and this army comes behind them. He's saying that the slay that the, the, the lamb that was slain, who died on the cross, stands in authority now as the general of this army. Oh my goodness. Guys, John is writing in code. And when you understand the code, you begin to understand that John is bringing hope to these people to say that lamb that's bleeding now stands before you. Whatever suffering you're going through, he suffered before you. The general stands before these people. And even though we will all suffer for the faith, that's what he's telling them. Even though you suffer for the faith, ah, just know there's one who came before you. And if you can suffer with him, ah, then you can be glorified with him. Because this general doesn't lose. This general rose from the grave. This general stands executing his justice. And his justice, look, this kingdom will be represented by the suffering of Jesus Christ on the cross.
This is a strange kingdom. It's a strange army. We don't fight with swords and guns. We fight with love and sacrifice. We fight to give of ourselves. That's how we fight. This is the hope that we have. Father, we thank you for this time, Lord. For encouraging us in your word that even as we read this, Lord, we're being convinced and convicted that you began this thing from the beginning. You planned this thing from the gate. <laughs> you, you had this in mind from the beginning that all these prophecies that you wrote <laughs> were all coming to fruition here, that this was always your plan. And that, Lord, this thing ends with your kingdom established on earth. So, Lord, we will Lord, navigate through today with tomorrow in mind. We will not be concerned about how things will end because we know how this thing ends. It ends in victory. Or what strength we have today to be convinced and convicted of that. Uh, that you have already won it all on the cross. That you declare that it is finished. Not that it will be finished, but that it is finished. And that your kingdom was established and instituted at your sacrifice on the cross. We thank you for that. And we give you glory and praise. And we say that in Jesus' name, amen. Family, God bless you. I pray this was a blessing to you guys. Um, I know I got to go because I got a class, but I pray that this is. Yes, um, you, you already, you're, you're tapping into some stuff, Jared. Um, the consuming of the fire. They knew what that meant. People are waiting for forest fires. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. <laughs> oh man, we'll, we'll get into. I, you know, we, we might have to do a decoding. We got to decode Revelation. Um, Revelation is quickly becoming my favorite book in the Bible. It's quickly becoming that, and it used to be the book I hated the most. I just hated it, but it's quickly becoming my favorite book in the Bible because it's bringing everything together. As a matter of fact, the more you read, as we read through the Old Testament, because we're going to read the Old Testament after Revelation, you're going to see how all this attaches. You're going to see how all of it connects. It just, it starts connecting, connecting, connecting. And you go, oh my goodness, this was all about Jesus. This was always about Jesus. All of it was about Jesus. That's why it's called revelation. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. <laughs> Whoo, my goodness. Um, so guys, uh, for those of you who don't know, um, this is this read and rant. We spend 30 minutes every morning. So if you ever, we, we spend 30 minutes reading and then I never have anything planned. I just kind of go where the Lord leads. So sometimes I know it comes off convoluted. It, that's why I call it a rant. Cause it's not Sometimes I don't even know if it's coming off cohesively, but I pray that it's a blessing to you um, that that at least, you know, you're there's some things that are coming together for you as you hear me rant. Um, but be encouraged, family. And I want to say this, that um, um, uh, you can catch it if you ever miss a read and rant. 
Um, you can catch it at the font everywhere. The font everywhere. Um, and and you can and you can you know get the reading rants, but don't just get the reading rants. Be family there. Pray for people. Um, encourage people. Um, and then um, uh, and then also. Uh, if you're looking for the Read and Rant podcast, which is launched today, I launched it today. Um, I want to encourage you to uh, just go to my IG. It's Opus Frere, O-P-U-S-F-R-E-R-E. My IG was deleted. It was hacked and deleted. So I, uh, yeah, I lost, I lost all my followers, but it is what it is. You know, um, not too worried about that, but I did start a new one. And, and so, uh, you'll see in the bio, the link, and from there you'll see the, um, you'll also see the, the links to the podcast. So, um, check it out. Uh, it's the read and rant. You can catch it on, on the podcast for those of you who may have missed. And it, we're starting from two, two months ago. And so I'm starting from two months ago there. Um, but the ones in real time that we do, Pastor Ray, what's good. Good to see you. Um, you can catch it there. But guys, I am I am so encouraged. I'm blessed by you all. I pray this is a blessing to you all. Uh keep my wife and I in prayer. Um we're we're in the final stretch. Just honestly, my wife is a soldier. She's 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 fighting through this. I can't complain. I'm just, you know, I'm just trying to help in whatever way I can, but keep us in prayer. Um as we navigate through the final weeks of this pregnancy, uh, just pray for us. But God bless you guys. Uh, you missed it. Don't worry. Catch it on the font everywhere. The font everywhere. You can catch it there. Um, you don't ever have to miss a read and rant if you're if you are uh, a member of the font everywhere. It's a private group, but just sign up. We'll let you in and and invite people in as well. God bless you guys. Love you all. See you tomorrow. <laughs>